I need money, man. Anybody want to buy stuff for me? I'll give you four coins for free. <laughs> I know I get one for trade. I get one. You never you get two. I ran my economy right to the roof. It's better than doing philosophy for another scroll that you have six of now. No, this I need all six of them to get to my next development. I'm going to oh, use them in place of development. Oh, she just... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's just... <laughs> Philosophers, get the f***ing <laughs> Stop she's, thinking, she's, doing! She's basically selling off the Library of Congress to get her yeah, next right. progress. <laughs> Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out! First up this week, we try to escape from a building of shifting spaces in Room 25. Next up, the city-states of ancient Greece vie for Mediterranean supremacy in Korra, Rise of an Empire. And lastly, a field of landmines sits between you and victory in Sheep Boomba. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Oh, man, I love a game. And Mike Grenier. Boom. Our first <laughs> game up this week is Room 25, designed by Francois Ruiz, published by Matago in 2013. Number of players 1 to 6, ages 10 and up. Playtime 30 to 60 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us what's in the box. The cover of the box shows an incredibly diverse array of futuristic-looking adventurers charging headlong into an electrified metallic dungeon. <laughs> Inside, we find 47 room tiles, a reversible board with an 8-game turn side and a 10-game turn side, 2 guard tiles, 6 prisoner tiles, 8 control tokens, 4 do-not-cross markers, 2 lock markers, and each character gets a figure, 5 action tokens, a reminder token, a turn taker, a character sheet, and an adrenaline token. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if there should be room on your shelf for this box, Evan, tell us some rules. In room 25, players are trapped inside a strange building consisting of 25 rooms. The goal is to find the key and then make your way to room 25, which is the exit to this bizarre place. <laughs> Room 25 can be played as a co-op or head-to-head, -head, and we played the co-op version. In the three-player version, each of us controlled two characters. So start by programming your characters two actions, each of them, two actions, which can be look, move, push, or shift. And each character has a special ability usable once per game, which is a third action they can take in any round. Program your moves and then play them out. Rooms that they're moving into or looking at can be green, which are safe, yellow represents an obstacle of some sort, or red, which means almost certain death. <laughs> Avoid <laughs> the red ones whenever possible. But each room has unique properties and outcomes. The game is played over seven rounds. First find the room with the key, then locate and get all the characters to room 25. Do this and declare victory, fail to do it, and everyone fails. There is no room for errors. <laughs> well, uh, managing two characters each. Now, is that just by nature of being three players? Correct. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if they get a four-player game, we would only have one player each, and the six-player game would all also only have one player each. But in the three-player game, they had us each taking the role of two characters. Was it too much, you say? Well, yes, I think so. <laughs> I think not only because of paying attention to, to a lot of things with two different characters, but also it ticked the time clock up in this game really, really fast to have more characters to, to take actions. Yeah, I could imagine, especially when you're first learning how to play a game. Mm. Yeah, it's overwhelming a little bit. <laughs> it's also more the programming track because, you know, when you first learn, it's like, yeah, I'll just move this game over here and I'll move that thing over here. And now it's like, oh, wait a minute, we should actually coordinate. And it's one <laughs> thing to coordinate between, you know, three players or four players. It's another thing to coordinate between three players and two characters. Each, each track, track right. okay, this guy doing this then and then your guy over there going to go. Then yeah. my guy over there is, what? Oh, and the boy. guy first or second. In a co-op, when you're doing that for a co-op version of a game, it takes about as long as it can possibly take. Oh, boy. <laughs> because oh my in goodness. a co-op, you have to concentrate on all six characters, really, mm-hmm. if you want to be the most eff- most effective at it. And you really do in order to make it out of this place. Yep. Um, other- otherwise, if you're playing the solo version head-to-head, all we would have to worry about are your two characters in front of you, for the most part. All right, Alice, you have to move. So now, Alice... <laughs> I have no idea. West of... West is red, north is red, and to the right is question mark. I have to go to question mark. East. Yep, you have to go east and risk it. Oh, crud. Oh, what if it's the instant over, death right room? Yeah, that's because, because the room got shuffled up on me. I was that's in right. The room. Yeah, Every yeah. day I'm shuffling. That's why I asked. Well, you played this on Board Game Arena. Did that help at all since they have rules locking on BGA? Yes. Well, yeah, in in a, in a way, yes, but also um, it was kind of hard to tell on BGA like what the order of the actions was going to mm-hmm. be. So mm-hmm. it was hard to tell like I'm going to go into this room and I need you to push me out of it so I don't die or something. You know what I mean? It was hard to tell what the order was going to be. Yeah, I think had we played it in person, we would have been able to better coordinate over a computer with multiple players trying to coordinate everything. It just doesn't lend itself to that same co-op vibe that you get at the table right i can imagine and also with board game arena being an online interface for board games you could be playing with people you've never met before (laughs) without Mm -hmm. any audio interface you guys were talking to each Mm -hmm. other how could you play co-op without that well i believe board game arena does have a voice chat feature but you're not always you're not always playing with that when you're playing with strangers no you're not always not everybody's set up with it like we are and not everyone speaks english that's true right Right? it's an international platform yeah it's very international yeah it's the tower of babel out there (laughs) i believe it (laughs) that's a different game (laughs) yeah we'll get to that later (laughs) i believe it originated uh, it originates in france so leap so now what you guys are saying about the play of this game it's feel i'm getting a little bit of shades of robo rally <laughs> yeah there yeah. is a little bit of robo rally here and i did enjoy that aspect of kind of like okay if i push this guy over there then i can use his push as part of my movement to get out of that dangerous room in time before i die yeah because <laughs> an important part about the danger of the red rooms is that they usually except for one of them of course they don't usually kill you in one shot if you can get out of that room before your moves are over, you can survive it. But uh, often that would mean that somebody else would have to push you into it so that you can use your movement to move out of it. 
Or use your special power, yeah. Right, or, or your adrenaline, power. right, yeah. Right, you have to use up your adrenaline because even though you have two actions, you can't use the same action twice in a row. Uh-huh. You can't move, move. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you can't run through the danger room. You have to have somebody push you into the danger room so you can run out the other side yourself. But how about this, <laughs> Celeste? One of the one of the things one of your characters can do for one of their moves is shift, and the whole row <laughs> of rooms, yeah. all five, it's a five-by-five five grid, will shift and you know scroll to the other side. So yeah. that's where the programming really is important. If you yeah. start shifting, you think you're jumping into one room. Oh, shift. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. jumping suddenly into another room, and right. I can't take it back. Especially if you're not cooperating with somebody. Yeah. yeah. Did it end up being more of a chaos trigger than an asset? The shifting of uh, everything? Um, yes, <laughs> how, meaning, how did you guys do with that mechanic? How, oh, how terribly, well did you terribly. use it? <laughs> not great. We did, we did very bad. <laughs> not we did great. pretty bad, but it did help us occasionally. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not like it was useless. <laughs> like we one did in manage ten. to use it successfully yeah. and go, ha ha, yes, yeah. yay, we yeah. got to the right room once. Okay, game over. <laughs> Think of it this way. You've got this five by five grid and you're revealing rooms to say one side of the grid and you've got most of them revealed and there's a lot of red over, you know, a lot of red over there. You've moved your characters over there. You can't really get them back safely. So using that shift helps move things around to make the rooms that you haven't explored yet more accessible. And it's tricky too, because like in Robo Rally, if you've made your programming and then somebody shifts the thing somewhere where you didn't expect it to be, then you have to move somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you can't not move yeah, or so. take your action. Yeah, you can't skip yeah. action. And it's easy to forget which rooms you've already looked into because they don't just stay revealed. You know, if you looked into a room and it's red and then some people start shifting the board around, then you're like, oh, no, where's that red room? And you can't mm-hmm. shift back and forth. In other words, on a turn, when a row of rooms starts to slide, it has to keep sliding in that direction. So any other shift that continues that direction, you can't shift and then shift back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could be a mess. And you time. have to take the action. You can't just say, eh, I'm, I'm going to not shift. No, you have to shift. And you have to shift the room you're in. We played twice and we failed twice. <laughs> <laughs> but the second time, I'm not even sure why we failed. I thought we were doing good and we found the exit. But uh, Not soon would, enough. Yeah. Not exactly. soon enough. Not soon yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, and if one person dies, then the whole mission is over. So with six people on the board, you know, it gets even harder. You're managing two people. You have to keep mm-hmm. everybody alive. Yeah. Everyone right. has to make the exit. Yep. I mean, what, <laughs> it doesn't make for a very exciting story if you got to get everybody out. I mean, yeah. isn't it be- Isn't it a more rich narrative if you lose one <laughs> along the way? Yeah. If only one gets out and like, whew, I made it. I could, <laughs> I could warn the rest of the world about this horrible place. Very challenging. <laughs> this, this reminds me of a movie I saw a long time ago, and apparently there's a bunch of these movies, but they're either called Cube or The Cube <laughs> or yeah! Cube in Another Language. Oh, flashback <laughs> to the 90s right there. Yeah. Nice. You can, it's, like, it's just like that. There's like a weird, diverse group of people who've been trapped in this like trap cube, and they all yeah. have to like figure out these puzzles in each room to get out of it. Was it starring uh, David, David Hasselhoff? Or? It could have been, because there's a lot of... <laughs> these movies and some of them are european so i can see hasselhoff i can see hasselhoff (laughs) hypercube is one of them cube Cube zero these are all late 90s early aughts like (laughs) yeah back in the torture porn days you remember those movies saw Saw kicked it all off gosh right saw kicked it all off yeah thank you jigsaw (laughs) That's <laughs> yeah, its own category. And you know now. what's bringing it back is Squid Games. Very, very oh, similar true. to the theme. Oh, coming interesting. Back Room 25 is a Squid Game episode? Sure, I could see this. Absolutely. <laughs> Season two. 
wanted to play mode that changes it up a little bit is now there's a hidden trader mode or oh. they call suspicion <laughs> mode where among the players could be hidden guards actually trying to get you killed. Jeez. And no, they huh. win it. If they win, if you guys fail. And it, it kind of was like, wow, that really changes things up. So now mm-hmm. you, you have to be wondering, it's like, yeah, they said that room was, was okay, but was it really? Oh, I, I heard a review of it. Uh, of that mode on um, Dice Tower, and he made he made an interesting point by saying the game doesn't have anything built into it to make you even care to hide as the traitor. You know mm. what I mean? You just reveal yourself as the hidden traitor immediately, and you're getting two moves to mess with people. I mean, we hadn't played it ourselves, but that's what he said, and I can kind of see how that would be the case. So okay, so they're saying they're saying it doesn't work that well. Yeah, just because the hidden traitor has no reason to hide. I got you. There's no penalty ah, for revealing right. yourself. For revealing yourself. Instead yeah. of trying to trip people up, you can just go right into messing people up rather than playing along for a while. I guess. Right, okay. exactly. It doesn't okay. sound like this game needs a hidden traitor based no. on how hard you guys no. had it. <laughs> Not, <laughs> Not at all. They have additional harder difficulties. You can, you can add in <laughs> random events in a, a hard mode. We played the easy mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We still we lost. We didn't use the special abilities for our characters. Each one of us just had the adrenaline and that was it. So it might have been helpful to have an extra bonus like special ability to get us through it. Yeah. Well, I imagine once you've played a game a few times, you start figuring out the tricks of how mm-hmm. to get the, you know, search the corners and get there and get everybody working together. You need that in order to keep changing up the game otherwise yeah. it becomes rote true and the rooms are random each time right the good rooms are always in the corners though oh well on the edges board edges at least yeah. the see. the escape room and the key room to get the be able to open the door are always on a board edge um and there's always a set number of each type of tile in there i believe mm-hmm. um but other than that yeah it's random Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury room 25. Evan? Room 25 is a neat programming co-op, at least the way we played it. And I like the option of head-to-head as well. The rules are simple, but programming your way to victory is more challenging than you think. Dig it up. Ed? I'm not sure how well the suspicion version would go. But in the co-op mode, it does offer a challenging puzzle to work out via clever programming. So I'll dig this up to program my way to victory. Mike? Programming games are often messy, usually stressful, but in the end, fun puzzles for me, and this was no exception. The comedy of errors this game can be was also very entertaining. So I say dig it up. Would you like to do the robot dance to figure out the best move or just slap down some orders and see what happens? Let us know. We are at which game first. Hey, everybody. We just want to take a minute to say, number one, thank you to our patrons and our listeners. Thank Uh, you. Yep. (laughs) Guys, we wanted to just make sure everybody who's listening, we've gotten a, a bunch of new listeners lately. We want to make sure that If you like our content and want more from us, you can go to our website and click on become a supporter today. It's only $3 a month. And what do they get, Evan? They will get access to our exclusive Discord and our Discord channels within. Plus, 
special access to a podcast that we record just for them called <gasps> Bonus, Bonus Points. Bonus Points. And not only that, we are beginning to implement the ability for our patrons to listen and interact with us live as we record that episode. So stay tuned to find out when that happens. <laughs> Coming soon, very soon. And I just finally started fumbling around with TikTok. <laughs> I've Yay. already had a couple people point out, hey, man, you don't know what you're doing. And I was like, thanks for the tip. But it's getting better. We're getting cool stuff on there, really quick personal stuff. And we'd love for you to come join us there and, and comment on my videos what, and stuff. What's like TikTok, Mikey? What's TikTok? Ed, how old are you? Uh, say, Mike, can you tell us a little bit about this thing called a TikTok? Is it <laughs> like my grandfather clock? Is that like MySpace? <laughs> oh, man. God. So, yes, don't be those people, okay? <laughs> come, come to where all the cool youngins are hanging out on TikTok. Do you wind it up? <laughs> how do you plug it in? <laughs> I've had enough of you Can guys. Can I get that on the radio? <laughs> Is it tune in Saturday night? The best shows are on Saturdays. It comes in after the shadow. Oh my god! I think my accent changed about four times. <laughs> You're four different characters. That's like, all. Yeah, I, I thought you were doing the whole bevy of, yeah, of ancient, crusty yes, people. That's what I did. Yes, that's it. Yes, perfect. <laughs> And there's a sample of bonus points, guys. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's us tooling around for funsies, and hopefully you'll join us, because it is a lot of fun. It is fun. <laughs> and uh, still doing live shows Thursday night? Which Game First is live on Thursday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time, and you can watch us on YouTube, you can watch us on Twitch, you can watch us on Facebook as well. And interact. We Interact yeah, with us. Right. We play a game. We play games with you. We often have trivia. It's a lot of fun. Join us Thursday night, 7 o'clock Eastern. Yeah, it's usually the weirdest game that we play for that episode is on our Thursday night. So come check <laughs> us out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. On with the Thanks. show. Thank you. Thank you. Our next game up this week is Korra, Rise of an Empire, designed by Headquarters Simulation Game Club. Oh, fancy. Published by Aiello in 2021, number of players 2 to 4, ages 14 and up, playtime 75 minutes. All right, Mikey, tell us what's in the fancy box. Mystical ether rises from the chalice of a Greek goddess as she stares down her nose at us from her perch <laughs> within an oracle of Delphi-like monument. It's true. <laughs> That's an accurate description. <laughs> Inside this impressive box, we find a central board, four player boards, seven city-states, 36 wooden pawns, 20 success tokens, four 90 VP tokens, 28 action tiles, 16 event cards, 40 political cards, 45 drachma coins, 15 philosophy tokens, and 72 knowledge tokens. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if it appeases the gaming gods, Evan, grace us with the rules. In Korra, rise of an empire. <laughs> <laughs> I'll spare you the rest of that. Each player is the head of a blossoming city-state in ancient Greece. Each round, a player takes two of the following seven actions. Philosophy, legislation, culture, trade, military, politics, or development. 
choose actions that align with your strategy, but which also work with your dice rolls. Yes, there are dice. Adapt your strategy constantly and strengthen your actions by moving your markers up on your economy, culture, and military tracks. Move up on the taxes track to collect highly sought-after drachmas, the troop track to explore and gather knowledge tokens, and the glory track to capitalize on your knowledge. Unlock achievements, and above all else, make sure you have the most points at the end of the ninth round to be crowned with the laurels of victory. We need some cinematic music banging around back <laughs> yeah, there. Totally. Yeah, everything felt so epic. It was. <laughs> yeah. We played in person, so we were actually we able to really experience the epicness of this game. It did mm-hmm. feel a little epic, didn't Although, it, Although, I gotta say, as epic as the scope of the game was, the board was kind of beige. <laughs> it was. It mm. was. But, I mean, I did feel a little bit epic because of all of the scales that you move up all of those charts to push Mm -hmm. little things up and succeed at advancement tracks i love those (laughs) you got like four tracks in the center plus an exploration board with first come first serve because only one person gets it first and that's it Mm -hmm. and then uh you have your three other trackers on your own board as you advance and you could of course unlock another die oh yeah oh yeah unlock more that's dice. the coveted extra die i beelined it for that die straight to the die mm. oh, man. <laughs> didn't help yeah. much but yeah <laughs> uh-huh. uh, i think that was due to the learning curve more than anything because yeah, there's a lot of potential to use it for something that I'm sure you liked Celeste, and I think all of us liked, were our player tableaus. They're mm-hmm. the type that have the built-in inserts, and you not only place mm-hmm. which cities, you know, the results of the city-state or the uh, uh, advancement of the city-state that you're working in, because they're all different, mm-hmm. but also your markers as you move up and down your tracks, all, you know, lo- kind of locked in, what do we call yeah. it, cat-proof, cat-drop? <laughs> right, you know, right. dual-layer cardboard. I do like that setup. Yes. I always like that. Yeah, very nice. And it definitely adds to that sense of luxness. And I think mm-hmm. this box bears talking about a little bit. Mikey did say the color palette is awfully beige. On the inside of the box, mostly, yeah. The outside's great, but the inside's pretty beige. Yep, he's not wrong. And also the backs of the cards, uh, the drawing cards, really dull. Kind of a yellow, mm-hmm. purple, red stripe. For all yeah. of the for all of the uh, high quality Euro style art that goes into this game, uh, to sort of build the vista of the ancient city, it was a shame that they didn't do more with the back of the card. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. The front of the cards look great, though. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, love the artwork. Yeah, definitely the the character art and stuff in here and the background art was really nice. Um, Wish there was more of it, but yeah. It was <laughs> Although I have to say, the scrolls to me looked like spools of thread. <laughs> you could not stop calling <laughs> that. I kept Fair saying, enough. give me my spool. Give me a spool. I give me one spool. more spool. Like, Celeste, that's learning, okay? You're, it's the ancient tablets of, of, of learning. Yeah, no. I kept thinking it was textile work. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where all the scrolls of Alexandria went. They got used, they were mistaken for spools of thread and sewn into yeah. clothes. No! People were wearing all that no! stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, don't even bring that story up. That's the saddest historical event mm-hmm. in, in Maybe, all of human history. Save it for a bonus point. Yes, yeah. yes, for bonus points for sure. Yeah, I, I was going to get into it because it turns out it wasn't you know, <laughs> as bad as they thought it was because there, there were more uh, caches of learning than they thought elsewhere in the world at the time. Yeah. 
people stashing, right. stashing books. Stay tuned for the, the Alexandria Library <laughs> bonus points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Uh, you do get that precious extra die. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ed, it's gathering resources to build your empire, right? Yes, battered resources, and I like the programming element as well, where the, you use your dice, and it kind of restricts what actions you can take. Mm-hmm. And, and then everybody programs simultaneously based on your die roll, and then you see what happens. Did anybody have a really, throughout this game, a painful die roll where they just oh. didn't roll the right numbers to get what they yes. really needed? Yeah, I need. I rolled a two, two, three, and I needed a six, five, four. <laughs> yeah, oh. and you just didn't have enough extra points to spend on it to make up the well, difference. I had the extra points on that other track, your citizen track, and I. But I spent almost all my citizens to get up to where I needed to be for that dice roll. But it was yeah. very critical. Oh, mm. I, I ran my citizens up fast, like in the first yeah. couple, first real few actions of my turn was to build up my citizens. Citizens are the way you get you can manipulate your die rolls, right? That's yes. correct. So yep. you, if you get a bunch, you can you can manipulate. Okay, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I had a nice reserve of changes that I could make throughout, and it lasted me for most of the game. So I was very happy with that. Yeah, you mm-hmm. were way up there. I spent most of my time at zero citizens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I noticed that. How was that for you? Because I would, like started off in the middle, and then they kind of dwindle, and I started getting a little nervous as they got dwindled. But <laughs> yeah. I was mostly okay. But I, there was a couple of times I didn't quite take what I wanted because I didn't have the citizen for it, but mm-hmm. only a couple times. Well, yeah. to answer your question, Ed, it was fine because yeah. that third die helped a lot. And because yeah. I got mm-hmm. the third die very early in the game, mm-hmm. I had a lot of flexibility with my die rolls. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. three out of six, I'm going to roll three numbers out of six probably, or, you know, mm-hmm. it, it gave me a lot more flexibility. So this, I didn't really miss my citizens. You guys ready? I burned mine. Uh, everybody played all the cards? Yep. yep. No, development. She has development. development. Kaboom. Bam. Bam. So that's, oh, you just, that's threshold. Pay the money. Pay the money. Pay the money. Just pay the money. Two drackles. Now nice. I get to go up on the culture track twice for free. What? That's awesome. That's Unlock that six Give me an owl and give me the die. Mm. Boom. Owl? And an owl, yeah. And what? And the die. Oh. Yes. Yeah, she got the die. <laughs> I'm about to unlock that die. It took 50% longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Philosophy was a, a, a decent part of your strategy, mm-hmm. getting those scrolls or, you know, Rolls or fabric, whatever you thought it was, <laughs> but, uh, thread. but that was a zero action. So like you can play that action on a, the lowest dice roll. Yeah, mm-hmm. I it wasn't as efficient as I could have been playing this mm-hmm. game several more times. I can ha- you could have the same strategy, but play it much more efficiently. I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I missed an important part of the strategy because all right. Well, let me talk about the city states first. Actually, mm-hmm. so you start off with a city state, and it kind of gives you some special abilities and some like special starting perks and stuff. Mm-hmm. And as you advance that society, it gets even better in that sort of strategy. So your mm-hmm. starting city state kind of determines your strategy a little bit of how you're going to play oh, the yeah. game. Like I was a warlike, you know, society, so I was going for all the war advancements. But I didn't quite understand how glory worked. It was an end game multiplier for how many tokens of war that you took during the game. It's always it hard to understand the end game things when the first time you play. Like yeah, it's, exactly. it's, it's it hard to plan for them. 
And I was playing for the military victory also, so oh. me and Mike kind of butt heads a lot going <laughs> yeah. for and waiting mm. for those things in the middle. My no. mind yeah. boggled at the level of synergy you had going on, Ed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, here's a tip for everybody, okay, uh-huh. playing this game. <laughs> at the beginning, you draft cards. There are li- there are cards with a symbol, the infinity symbol on them. Mm-hmm. Keep those cards. I don't care what they do. Keep them and play them because and because they stay out forever, and that is a huge advantage. I agree. Huge. Yeah, it whatever gives you a way they to... do, put it down and then figure out how to use it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's hard to draft for a game the very first time you play because you're not sure what you're gonna need or how it would fit into your strategy. Oh yeah. But we learned that one for sure. Right. I off passed the bat. like three of those darn infinity cards, having no concept. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, while I took three of those cards myself, like thank you very much, yeah. thank you very much, yeah. infinity, <laughs> thank you very much. I took the first one in the draft and then passed two or three other ones to Celeste on my left. But none ever came back to me when the draft came back. So. Well, because I was on the other side. Yeah, I know, of course. I oh, as always. As well. Yeah, Ed is always on the right-hand <laughs> side of me. So every time we draft, he like scoops all the best stuff before <laughs> I get my hands on it. You get the scraps. Yeah, <laughs> yep, Ed scraps all the yeah, time. Yeah, those infinity cards are basically like having a bonus action every single turn. That's, that's essentially mm-hmm. what it is. Or at least efficiency. Yeah, a bonus, uh, an enhancement of some kind, yeah. I really did feel the incrementalness of this game sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, there's, uh, a, there's a track up the middle that's the culture track, and that's how you get your taxes to be better, and taxes are kind of money every turn. And I was sad that I had a hard time getting up that track with my warlike society. They weren't really good at tax collecting. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't either until one of my special abilities kicked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was very jealous of Celeste, like, raking in, oh, you know, yeah. whatever it was, seven, eight bucks, just starting every turn. Cash I like, money. what? Yeah, yeah. I was jealous. Yeah, but it was the only thing I really had was the money. <laughs> and it wasn't, you know, in the end, it wasn't enough. I mean, kind of hearing us being jealous of each other, Makes me think that the game is pretty well balanced, right. and also yeah. it doesn't let you just go hog wild too much. So that that's a good thing. I think. Yeah, and I, I think it, it, it's like finding that combination. And sure, having a lot of money, it's great if you have a, a card or two that allows you to buy victory points, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. mixing right. Yep. Hence the synergy. I think you mm-hmm. could safely um, ignore one track, but only yeah. one. Yeah, can't sort of. Um, for most cases, I'd say yes, but I had a, a, a bonus card that gave me a multiplier of bonus points for my lowest of my three tracks. So I had to try to mm. keep my three tracks oh, balanced yeah, to get that's... good points for that. But mm. but what Celeste says is totally true, though. Celeste and I avoided military for the most part. We did. We did. Yeah. Well, I went more military all day. Like, give me military or bust. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you and Mike <laughs> were slugging it out in the military world. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Korra, Rise of an Empire. Mike? There were tons of paths to victory in this game. Maybe too many? Uh, (laughs) But I have a really soft spot for Civ building games and engine building games, and this one definitely gave me some satisfaction in that area, so I'll dig this one up. Evan? Uh, Korra is one of those games with a ton of replayability. The theme's really good, and the interaction of dice and action cards, I think, is a clever mechanic. Tons of routes to victory. Dig it up. Ed? Korra is listed as an expert-level game from Yellow, and I think it has a wonderful component, 
good theme, neat mechanics, and and I enjoyed charting my path to the rise of Sparta. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll dig this up to build another empire. Well, I'm going to say this. One thing we didn't mention was it does have one of those stomach-churning over 100 victory point track around the edge of the board, <laughs> which means you can get more yeah. than 100 victory points, which always to me makes me sweat because I do not want to play a game that long. I will say this mm-hmm. for this game. I did not notice the time. And when Evan mm-hmm. got to 100, I was just like, oh, surprised, but not oh. horrified. So <laughs> cool. I think in my book for a Euro game of this style, it is a dig up. Would you build your empire or watch them burn? Let us know. We are at Whisk Game First on Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagram. Our last game up this week is Sheep Boomba. Designed by Bob Craig and Ryan Craig. Published by One Day West Games. Number of players 2 to 4, ages 8 and up. Playtime 20 to 30 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us what's in the box. The cover of the box brings us into a cruel world where sheep shoot terrified looks at the camera, (laughs) probably worried that they'll be the next victim of a deadly spontaneous combustion event. (laughs) Inside the box, we find four player boards, 80 playing cards in four colors, four barn tiles, 24 colored sheep, four battle dice, four white sheep, eight landmine tiles, eight double-sided tiles, 16 safe field tiles, four wooden barns, and eight start space border tiles. And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you... Oh, God. If you should ram this game into your rotation... Oh, clever, Celeste. Thanks, Evan. Please give us a quick overview. I totally didn't write that for Celeste. Oh, boy. <laughs> sheep Boomba is a tile flipping game in which you are the sheep. And naturally, sheep tend to wander into an active landmine field. <laughs> and like all good sheep that want to stay alive, you need to find your way back to your farm for safety. On the player's turn, they can use an action to move a sheep onto a field tile. Once there, the player flips the tile over and discovers what's underneath. Either a field, a landmine, or barn is revealed. Bonus points are scored for finding a field or barn tile. Players can use playing cards in their hand to move, steal, and revive sheep. Very important. At the end of the game... Yeah. (laughs) Revive. Revive your sheep. At the end of the game, players score points based on the final positions of their sheep, either in the barn or the barnyard. Score the most points... At the end, to win the game. Now let's see if it behooves us to play oh. this game. Oh, just, the hits keep coming. <laughs> I'm just picturing a Saving Private Ryan moment where you're like running in slow motion to grab your sheep who's been wounded. No. Sweep it back off to the barn. <laughs> I think the sheep are the uh, intelligent ones here. Like they have cards with sheep doing actions themselves, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I see. <laughs> but they're also kind of like the victims because they're the ones that go boom if it goes bad. Yeah. Bad. Bad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, this is just going to be a string of sheep puns. Isn't it? 
<laughs> I think so. I mean, it's, it's not like the, the the game doesn't help you along. I mean, all of the cards are. Uh, some puns, type yeah. of pun or another. Yeah. Oh, yes. All yeah. over the place. The ambulance. The ambulance. Yeah. Ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, it looks like Ed and Mike played. You guys played this game? Or were you uh, there too, Evan? Evan was there too. Yeah, yes. Evan was there. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, you know, I'm just going to go with the flow here instead of kind of jotting down my thoughts. Because... <laughs> and, you played the, <laughs> and you played on Board Game Arena, the digital mm-hmm. interface for gaming. We did. For we board did. gaming. And how did it play there? there? One how... of our game night games. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you could we can see this on our um, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Yep, which game right. first? At YouTube, look for our videos and watch Sheep Boom Buy and all the videos we have there. Don't forget to smash that like button and subscribe. You know it. <laughs> yeah, I told you the weird ones happen on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. On the Jody mm. on the good sheep lollipop. Wow, you are giving me all uh, kinds of. Uh, <laughs> you uh, are on fire. That creative. <laughs> I, I think I got to play a card. Um, well, you didn't have to play a card, did you? Are you saying you had no other oh, move? If cards are played or discarded, draw back up to four cards at the end of your turn. Secret. Okay. Oh, he's looking. So, he's looking. So you should play your cards out at the during your turn. Oh, okay. So the card Ed just played is called Sheeping Tom, where you secretly look at a field tile before deciding to move your sheep onto it. After looking at it, either reveal it and move your sheep onto it or place it back. So this one, how did it play on Board Game Arena? It seemed to work fine. I think it was one of those beta games we played as well. So Mm -hmm. we we say, as you know, words a little here because, well, I mean, we're kind of allied on Board Game Arena to help us play the game. I love a beta game because anything can go wrong. (laughs) <laughs> right we have a scapegoat or in this case oh case, yeah see what i did there <laughs> oh boy <laughs> anything went wrong all right guys exploding sheep talk about it uh yep they exploded <laughs> I, know so, I got a minesweeper kind of feel from this game you know where you're like oh, yes. i'm not sure where i should click the next spot you know to go to because there's danger or uh-huh. it could be a reward you don't know oh it's like you're a secret really- yeah, it's a secret. It's a secret. You're like, yeah. where do I step next? You know, and there's very few ways to peek. Mm-hmm. The best way I found to peek is to push one of your fellow sheep <laughs> into the <first>. That's right. <laughs> there's all yep. sorts of pushing going on. Yep. If you if you do push somebody into a space that's like an empty field, they get the point for ending up in that space. So you know you're taking the risk that you might be giving a free move and an extra point to your opponent. That's right. But there's also the satisfying time when you push the sheep into the spot and it explodes. And then you're like, oh, good. It's safe for me to go in there now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so they basically you're flipping tiles. You move, flip the tile. Yep. And you have right. cards, too, that you're going to play to either resurrect your sheep that died or to move an extra space or reveal a tile. There's a bunch of stuff you can do with them. But you want to use those cards because you're going to refresh your hand every turn. So I oh. usually enjoy games like this because I get a really like powerful sense of like being a uh, harbinger of chaos. Like, yes, I'm just going to go for it. I mean, is Damn. that your sense the whole time? Like just screw it. Absolutely. Jump. This, this <laughs> yeah. game was super random to me. Yeah. It's like I, I, I first move I made found a barn, somebody else's barn, but signed on. And, and the object of the game to get your sheep to your barn. So when I found both of my opponent's barn, and like, mm-hmm. still wondering where the heck is my barn? Yeah. Uh, kind of put off a little. <laughs> yeah, there was a little randomness there. It's a tough call too because 
you know, exploring new territory is worth points, but once you find a safe path to your barn, you kind of almost want to just get your sheep in there as soon as you can and follow that same path. Will that get yeah. you a win? Is it, it enough could. to get you yeah. a win? Okay. It de- yeah, definitely could, because blowing sheep up and having them not come back, that's points that you can't retrieve. Although right. your sheep could also end up in somebody else's barn, either through the use of cards or accidentally finding their barn as you walk around through the through the right. maze. Well, finding somebody else's barn gives you points, but if they're stuck and then they're stuck on their barn, which gives them points for still being on their barn mm-hmm. at the end of the game. Right. So, like, yeah, you got points, but you gave them points too. You're like, oh no, what am I gonna do? It wasn't like guy to go fishing. Yeah, and it's it's one of those games where you don't have to put all your sheep on the board at the same time. But you might want to, you know, to, to cover more ground faster and, and get moving. So it has a Ludo-ish feel that way. Oh, it right, does. right. Definitely. Ooh, ooh, I, ooh. It's not, I, I wouldn't compare it to Ludo at all. I'm just saying, like, the fact that you have to choose when to put your guys on the board is a factor. And when you start the game, you kind of are putting all your sheep around the outside spaces of the board, kind of spaced out. You take turns, like, drafting a spot to put your sheep. So you're not sure, you know, do you want to concentrate all your sheep in one area and hope that your barn is nearby that area? Or do you want to spread them out and kind of explore the board? Oh, let's explore. What the heck's Of course the... you want to explore. Heck yeah. Yes. <laughs> you want to be yeah. all over this field. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually more about pushing people and, and taking the direct route to my barn, which kind of worked out for me. But yeah, it's it's a hard call. It's If you want it to be an agent of chaos, of course, you're going to go run and ramp, like, Roughshod around the. I almost said ram ramshod. Ram I don't know. Around the board. <laughs> I don't know if I love or hate this cover. So <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you that I think that the the title Sheep Boomba, the actual text is is kind of sloppy and amateurish, and I wish that yeah. sheep were bolder. But mm. but at the bottom, I absolutely love that sweaty sheep. <laughs> and how terrified he looks. He's and a sweater. It says, yeah, he's a sweater. <laughs> yeah, a fleece sweater. And he, <laughs> it just makes me want to play the game. That terrified Aww. sheep. And also the, the four <laughs> colored barns. Something about those colored barns, like all be, who's going to paint four different colored barns on one field like that? I kind of wanted to go there. So <laughs> to find out, to do some investigation. Yeah. <laughs> right. And why is the farm built on a landmine to begin with? Yeah. Why are there landmines anywhere? I, I mean, think they had, they had an eccentric uncle, you know, and they just didn't realize how eccentric mm, he was. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> See, there's a story there just waiting to be told. <laughs> yep. They inherited the uh, farm from uh, their uncle. If oh, they got the property really cheap. Yeah. I know what it is. The <laughs> uncle was hiding from the cops, so he was out on the lamb. Oh. <laughs> No. That wasn't right. forced. <laughs> well, it's okay, it's forced. It's long past time to decide. It's time to dig up or... I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Yes! Oh, my God. It was sitting right there. It was staring me in the face. I was, I was waiting in anticipation for you to say it. I'm trying to dig up or bury Sheep Boomba, Ed. The game is humorous. If you can stand all the sheep puns. <laughs> well, I did have fun playing this game. It feels a bit too random for me to keep my interest, so I'm going to have to bury it in the crater for now. Mike? This game had some major swing to it, which can be fun or it can be annoying. In this case, it might have been a bit more of the latter. It wasn't a terrible game, 
by any means, but I don't see myself going back for more, so I'll bury it. Evan. All right, Sheep Boomba. It's a nice little family game that's super simple to play. Remember, this is eight and up. All right, so there is that. Uh, let it be known that we do not advocate cruelty towards any animals. <laughs> I'm glad we played it. I'm glad we played it. But it's not the type of game that keeps me coming back for more. I will bury it. <laughs> <laughs> Why are there landmines in that farm? Let us know. We are at Witch Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and the Instagram. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing from you about all the games you're playing. Let us know. Give us a shout out on any social media. Please, if you get a chance, like us, rate us, review us, or talk about us anywhere on the interwebs. And if you'd like more perks and content from our show, just go to our website and click on Become a Patron today. It's only $3 a month and you will get the exclusive podcast we produce for our patrons only called Bonus Points. Bonus Points. Happy Gaming Explorers. Old MacDonald had a sheep. Boom! (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you're tossed up. Wait, you're tossing me into the dangerous room? Why? 